Women Taking the Lead, Episode 225. Learn to trust yourself or at least embrace trusting yourself a little bit more. I, I think I could have done so much more if I and made less mistakes. You know, well, of course, you learn from those mistakes. But I, I think if sometimes if I had just had the confidence to listen to who I was and what I wanted, that I could have been even more successful. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. The all-new FreshBooks makes accounting software that's ridiculously easy and has completely transformed how freelancers and small business owners deal with their day-to-day paperwork. Check out freshbooks.com forward slash lead for more information. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Megan Kelly, who is the co-founder, managing partner, executive producer at Honor Society, and brings nearly two decades of experience on both the advertising agency and production sides of the business, and was an early adapter for digital content. While honing her skills for every facet of production and cultivating strong and enduring relationships, she has also earned a reputation for curating and developing talent. Prior to founding Honor Society, she led production teams for such top industry shops as Savage, Shiloh, The Sweet Shop, Public Domain, and Czar. Most recently, Kelly started the live action division at Click. 3X. Kelly's work has garnered some of the industry's most prestigious awards, including One Show, AICP, and Can Lions. Megan, that is amazing. Let me just start off by saying that not being someone who is not in the industry but admires film production, and every time I watch a movie or a documentary, my mind gets a little blown and distracted by what the amount of work and what it took to produce that. So I'm very honored to have you here today. But what I also know is someone's biography is just like a tip of the iceberg of who they are as a person. So if you could take a couple minutes to let us know a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Sure. Thanks. Um, so I grew up in a very small sort of sleepy town in Connecticut. Um, it was really kind of conservative. It still is a little poli- politically and socially conservative. And I was sort of this very creative, artsy kid with a big imagination and never really felt like I belonged there. You know, I, I had all sorts of different outlets and I had a lot of energy and I was really good at school, but I also always kind of needed to be in charge of things. So I was probably in like every single extracurricular activity you could be in. I was always the president of something. I was always doing lots and lots of things. Um, I just kind of felt like that town was very small and excruciating and, and claustrophobic, and I really couldn't wait. I was sort of building myself to get out of there as fast as I could. Um, so I came to um, New York. I went to school at Barnard College, which seemed to be like the most amazing fit for me at the time. It was really a place where I could explore and be myself, but I was also around all of these other high achieving opinionated women. And it was great to sort of be in a classroom and raise my hand and not feel like some boy in the back of the classroom was rolling his eyes that I was raising my hand again and having to talk and having to have my say. Um, so I felt like that really fostered that in me. And, and that's part of my personality that I have been lucky enough to develop and, and felt like nobody was ever going to push that back down out of me again. 
Um, so I, I was a theater major, uh, and when I graduated college, I figured I was going to come and start a theater company and work in downtown avant-garde theater um, and started doing that. Um, we started a, a magazine for downtown theater scene and started doing all these things, but I needed to make money. So I got a job in a production company that made TV commercials, and I quickly fell in love with that aspect of it, of how you could be in this really creative business, but you could also have all of this organization that I loved and, and putting things together and the puzzles and really using my brain to do all of that. And, and shortly really got into production and stopped uh, doing theater altogether. Oh my gosh. Oh, so many things I, I want to ask and add to what you're saying. I, you know, I can definitely, I, although I didn't come from a sleepy town, I can definitely relate to that experience of when you start connecting with people that are just like you and look at the world similarly to the way you look at the world. I love asking questions and I'm also, and it sounds like you're pretty type A too, like many of the women in this community <laughs> where we love our to-do list. We love getting things done. We love being Absolutely. in action and getting results and that sort of thing. And it's exciting when you find yourself surrounded by other people like that, people who totally get you, get your questions, get your to-do lists. Um, and that can be incredibly freeing, I imagine, as well, that rather than trying to, and I don't even know if you did, but like even the thought of having to hold back a little you know, is, is, can feel excruciating at times, even if you, you're not doing it. It's that feeling that other people want you to hold back a little bit or, or tone it down or soften. Yeah. And when you're around people who accept you for who you are and actually want more of it, that's an, must have been just an amazing time in your life. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there definitely was some holding back because, you know, people just didn't do that. And there was, you know, being a, a girl, too, I, th I often felt like, uh, you know, I mean, you know how it goes. I mean, I don't have to explain it to your listeners. You know, we all, you could say, playing small a little bit more just so that you fit in and, and people stop sort of being like, oh, her again and her big mouth, you know? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yes. Absolutely. And you just segued brilliantly there because, you know, one thing I definitely get from your own journey, even though, you know, ending up in production wasn't at super intentional. It just, it happened, but like, but you found it and you've been able to do so much with your career already. And you're still young, you know, there's that level of confidence that, okay, I've accomplished things. I, I know where I'm going, you know, or I'm very capable of what's coming at me. If you could, Megan, Start us off at the low point, right? And uh, some, you know, with these episodes, I often say like we're gonna we're gonna get to the highs, but we always I always like to start start off with connecting at those very human moments of holding ourselves back, not realizing how valuable and how capable we are. So, if you could share one of your playing small stories and the lessons you've learned from that experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I had a hard time specifically thinking about you know. A specific time that I played small, but I, I do know that I, I did a lot of it. Um, I, I think I'm a, I'm a hard worker and I tend to just kind of delve into what I'm doing. And I, I've been really lucky my entire career is that I went into a very male dominated industry, but I had a lot of men who were my bosses along the way who really championed me and really supported me and made sure that I had the opportunities and, you know, sort of threw me into the deep end when I was ready to and let me do things for myself and, you know, made sure I did those things. But I, I think also in that context where, you know, a, a little bit of a, a type A person and a little bit of a, 
I sometimes refer to myself as being a little bit of like a Tracy Flick from election type where like, you know, I always want to get the right answer and I always want to please people and I always want to do the right thing. And so I think I found myself, especially very, very early on in my career, just kind of keeping my head down and like doing everything that I knew I could do. And then, and then some just to impress people of like, oh, I did this, but then I also did this. Um, and, and just kind of playing by the rules and, and doing it that way. Um, and it wasn't until I was really kind of in my early thirties and I had become a mom and I was working at an ad agency and I had come up through production and I took this job in an ad agency, a really interesting experience. And it was the first time that I sort of kind of came across this very corporate lifestyle, which I hadn't really experienced before. And, you know, that's a really different set of rules of playing to. And and I found myself constantly having to play small and having to sort of fit into that box. Um, and that was really difficult for me in terms of trying to get things done. And, and this was at a time when, uh, you know, content for the web was just really starting to take off and was just starting to become a thing. And that's what we were doing. And we were trying to put everything into these old rules and apply it to the old um, guard. And sometimes getting this stuff done just couldn't be done that way. And and trying to play Saul and kind of try to just do what I'd always done and sort of persevere and keep my head down and do it wasn't working and and kind of having the courage to kind of take a step back finally and say actually you know what in order to do this I need to do X Y and Z and I'm going to need to break some rules and kind of just doing it and learning to sort of ask for forgiveness after the fact rather than ask for permission was a huge step for me and and kind of really just going ahead and doing it and, and having a great success at doing that and realizing that in terms of all the creative people who were depending on me to get their vision made, that that was how I was going to get it done. And suddenly I had this little bit of a reputation of being this badass that was like, going to get shit done for people no matter what the consequences. And that was like, oh my God, like I don't break rules, you know, but I learned that in some circumstances it's okay. And I think especially when you're dealing with creative people and visions and trying to get things done the way you want to, that, that it was okay. And, and that was a really freeing experience for me. It wasn't, the consequences weren't always as fun, but, uh, you know, it was definitely, it was effective. I just got so excited with everything you were saying. Cause I was like, there were so many points where I was like, yes, 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 I totally get it. Like right off the bat, you talked about being a little bit type A, but also being a little bit of a people pleaser. That is definitely something I've noticed in myself and in my community too, where where we have this like inner struggle and this battle going on about wanting to take action, get results, get things done, but also having that people pleaser inside of us. And sometimes you're doing this weird dance between the two. Um, and I love how your story really captures that, you know, sometimes you do have to take risks. Like I am a believer that you have to know the rules and you have to understand why the rules were created. So then you know, which ones you can bend or break. Exactly. Exactly. I actually say that all the time. It's like, it's really important that, you know, you understand the infrastructure and then there are ones that you can move around and break and change. I mean, it's like being an artist, right? You know, you have yeah. to kind of go to art school and learn how to draw, but then you can take that and apply it to something else. And I always think that as a producer, sometimes you have to do that. You'd be like, well, this is the way you're going to do it, but this is the way we're going to do this because that's the only way we're going to get it done. Right. Right. And the more, you know, the rules, you, you can understand which rules are situational because that is the case. Sometimes rules are applied globally, but they were actually created for a very situational circumstance. But like you said, like, sometimes it is a risk, you're not sure. And sometimes there are consequences. But unless you take the risk, you won't know what you can achieve. 
Exactly. And it was just so much easier than having somebody say no and then going, oh, okay, well, I guess we can't do that. And then just doing it like, oh, sorry, we did that. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> how, do, how do we make this right? Yeah. And, it can, and, and, you know, I've yet to come across a situation where you can't make it right. Right. There are consequences. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. It's a little awkward, but you can you can make it right. It's true. It's true. And sometimes those rules are meant to be broken and people after the fact go, oh, actually, you know what? You're right. We shouldn't be doing it that way. Thank you so much for pointing that out. From now on, let's do it this way. Love so. it. Love it. Now, Megan, share with us a time when you had a wake-up call. If you can take us back to that moment, and even right before that moment, because there's usually a series of events that lead up to the wake-up call, and then share with us the steps you took that led to your success. Sure. So I had taken a job. I had been brought in by a company to start a division and, and, and really uh, was handed the keys to the castle uh, kind of to do whatever I wanted to do. Um, and it was really exciting. And I was I was doing that. I was putting something together that um, I ended up being really proud of, something that was very much my vision and, and putting things in all the right places and, and things really started to grow organically and, and exactly the way I wanted to. Um, and after a certain point, um, you know, I had been working with somebody who, um, often made me play small to him. And, um, you know, even though I was doing this great thing, it was always this, you know, reference to like, well, okay, it's not really my company. So I, I guess I have to do what you want me to do and fit inside that box. And, um, you know, trying, trying very hard to, to, you know, do what I'd always done, been, you know, Tracy Flick and just kind of, you know, kept plowing ahead. Oh, look what I can do. I'm doing all this and making all this money. We're doing, you know, we're creatively doing great things. Um, but never really uh, being allowed to have, um, have the full control of it that I wanted to. And also to, um, have the sort of creative recognition that I, that I was looking for from this person. Um, and it kind of think goes along with that moment of like, wanting to please people and et cetera. Um, and so eventually this, this really started to grow and, and come to a head. And, and this was just somebody who, um, you know, really, really, really went out of his way to make me feel small on a, on a regular basis. Um, and, and some of the other people that I was working with and it just, it wasn't right. Um, and things were really coming to a head for me because I felt like I, you know, I have done so much to build something that I think is pretty exceptional here. Um, and I think that the way forward is this way. And so I went and said, I think that in order to move forward, we need to do this and I would like to do this. And I think that's the way. And, um, two days later I got sat down and he laid out an entirely new business plan to me for how I should be running his company. Um, and it was laid out to me in no uncertain terms and, and frankly, not very nicely that this was his company and that I was going to run it the way that he told me to. And I always sort of tell people about this story and say, um, I have some alcoholics in my family and they talk about their moment of clarity. And this was sort of like my life moment of clarity where you have that moment in your life where everything just becomes so clear and so profound and that you can kind of just remember how exactly you felt and how everything moving forward was supposed to be. And, and that was sort of my moment of clarity. I, I just uh, picked up from that meeting and went back into my office and just went, okay, I'm done here. This is not the way that I need to be treated. This is not the way that I need to be spoken to. Um, and there's no reason that I can't be doing what I'm doing for myself. Um, so that's exactly what I did, not necessarily at that moment, um, but started 
putting these steps in action from that moment to eventually leave and um, go start Honor Society. And it was literally like jumping off a cliff, but um, it was something that I had, there was, I couldn't not do it at that point. I, I had to do it for myself. I had to do it to sort of, I had to do it for my daughters because I couldn't look at them in the eye and say, oh, I'm going to stay and work for this person who has no respect for me and no respect for what I do. I'm going to go do this for myself and, and for, you know, what, what I want. So, um, so we did it. We jumped off a cliff and we started Honor Society and <laughs> it's crazy. Yes. I love, I love that analogy of jumping off a cliff. Cause that's what it probably felt like. <laughs> it, it literally did. It was like, we have no idea what's going to happen, but, um, you know, it, it ended up being, uh, amazing. It, it really truly did to just sort of, you know, I, I have said to people when we were starting, I've been running this company already for a couple of years. So I know exactly what I wanted to do. And I already kind of have this business plan laid out because this is what I wanted to do somewhere else. So now I'm going to do it for myself. And this is exactly how we're going to do it. And, um, you know, I have my vision for, for what this is going to be and, and have, uh, you know, some partners in the business with me who are very supportive to just kind of letting me run with that. And, um, yeah, and, and it's been really amazing. Yeah, I, that was exactly the word I was just thinking. I was just thinking how I had an opportunity to look at your website last week. And that was the thought was like, wow, this is amazing. And I was watching the videos. Like, do you ever look at your own website sometimes and go, wow, this this is amazing. Look what we've created. Yeah, I, I, we do actually, because it's, you know, you get so caught up, as I was saying, my life is crazy and I'm never week to week. I never know where I'm going to be or what I'm doing and, you know, working at all hours. And I, you know, I think I went at one point last year, I went six months without literally taking a day off, including the weekends. Like I worked every single day. <laughs> so every once in a while and you get caught up in it and I'm always thinking a month ahead or two months ahead. And sometimes it's nice to just sit back and go like, Oh, wow. Well, we, you know, like we've done some really great work this year. We've done this and that was a great job. And Oh, look at how cool this is. And yeah, so it, it is nice to sort of remind yourself to take a moment and, and appreciate everything that you've done and how far you've come and mm-hmm. how what you dreamed could actually become something real. It's, it is, it's, it's a pretty powerful thing to do every once in a while. Yeah. And I think a lot of the women listening to this episode can definitely relate and, and look at their own careers that, you know, sometimes the move wasn't made as a well thought out planned, you know, slow transition out, you know, on good terms. Like a lot of times for people, it looks like this is a crappy experience. I have to get out of here. But, you know, it's it's those bad boss experiences. They can contribute in, in a couple of different ways. One, it puts a fire under us to, yeah. to, to make a move that we kind of know we probably should be making, but we wouldn't make if we were too comfortable. Right. And also it really shapes the experience we want to create for others. I, I, I often talk about like, I, I named it the bad boss experience. Like we remember, or it could be any relationship or any circumstance where we remember how we felt being treated that way. And it's almost like we make a pact with ourselves that I will never allow somebody else to feel this way again. Exactly. Exactly. And that that is the the segue into the next question, because it is my belief that, you know, those experiences from our past, our strengths, our own personality styles, they all blend together to create our leadership style and how we want to be as leaders show up and lead other people. So, Megan, how would you describe your leadership style? 
Um, you know, it's interesting because I have a lot of different types of people that I have to lead. So I've got my staff. Um, we always have freelancers in, either producers or production managers, et cetera, and also crews that uh, are working for us. And then I have the all of the directors who I represent and, and manage their careers and advise them and support them and push them and, uh, you know, do everything that I need to do with that. So, so sometimes it's different, but I think overall, you know, I... I wanted to have a very strong vision for, for what this was based on my past experience. Um, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that this felt like a, a family, like a, a place where people could have opinions and that those opinions would be heard. I don't necessarily lead by democracy and, you know, that, oh, let's try every little thing that everybody says, but I'd like it to be, you know, if something's not working for somebody, does somebody say, you know what, I disagree with that. I think we should be doing it that way and go, okay, well, let's see, let me see why and think about it. And, and sometimes they're totally right. And yeah, great. That works for you. Go do it. Um, but I, you know, I really wanted to have this, this vision of, of who we were and sort of be very strong and steadfast with that. So it, when honor society was starting, we said, it, was, it sort of sounds like a secret society, or it sounds like an actual honor society. And if you were going into one of those things, you had to be inducted. Who are the kind of people that we wanted to surround ourselves with, um, you know, we always say we have a very strict, no asshole policy here, if I can say that on your podcast. But, you can, yes. <laughs> um, but you know, we're, we're, we're very, um, we're very sacred a little bit in the fact of, of the people that we, uh, choose to surround us with, which I think helps to be a better leader when you actually can lead and have fun and have sense of the humor with people. But we are the five sort of characteristics that we wanted from people that, uh, were creativity, bravery, passion, intelligence, and character. Mm. Um, because I feel like those are just the most five important characteristics. If you were going to form a group of people that that would be uh, representative of, of who that was. So, um, so knowing that we have this, you know, strong vision and, and making sure that everybody feels like they can have a voice and that nobody's saying, Hey, no, this is my company. You're going to do it my way. Um, without, mm, without being too loose in that, I guess if mm -hmm. that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm also very direct. Um, I'm a little, maybe too direct sometimes as, uh, um, but I'm, you know, and I'm tense and I have a lot of energy and, and I like to keep people motivated and keep people interested and invested. I like to keep the people who work for me stimulated, working on good things, whether that's my office manager or one of my directors, I want to make sure that people are always kind of feeling like they're a part of something here and that it's not just my company or my partner's company. It is a company that we all feel together in. So I also like to have a lot of sense of humor when I do things. I try, you know, either it's intense, it's crazy hours. It's, it's a lot of, uh, you know, sometimes, Hey, we got to do this. It's, you know, this is an emergency. No. And, and, and we just got to get things done. But then at the end of the day, we should all be able to laugh together mm -hmm. and have a good time and, and joke around with each other and, you know, treat people well is, is, I guess, the number one way. Yes. And you know, it's interesting how the, the culture you've created right now goes back to also your school days experience, as well as your bad boss experience, where you want an environment where nobody's going to feel like somebody's rolling their eyes in the room. Right. You exactly. know, and they can't say what's on their mind. And I totally get it. You want everyone to feel heard. You want all all ideas to be on the table, but you can't go after each one and not all of them are going to work. So somebody has to make the decision of which ones we're going to go with, which one's not. But honoring and thanking the people who put forth ideas um, as well. And I'm a true believer that if we're not going to laugh at this at some point, it's not worth doing. Like, I totally get like a ser the seriousness of the moment, like, OK, let's focus, let's get it done. But if it's not a good story later or we can't laugh at it, why are we doing it? 
Absolutely. And sometimes we'll be in a complete, you know, shit storm of something happening and we'll all kind of look at each other and be like, this is terrible, but this is going to be a great story someday. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's my philosophy. Think about it that way. Like, okay, it's going to be great at a cocktail party. (laughs) Yes. I love it. The features of FreshBooks keep coming. There is mobile expenses. You can take pictures of receipts on your phone using FreshBooks iOS mobile app while you're out and about and make claiming your expenses a million times easier. In fact, FreshBooks makes keeping track of your expenses ridiculously simple. Use the iOS app to clear out the boxes full of receipts you may have laying around. Then there is the time tracking. FreshBooks will also handle your time tracking so when it comes time to create that invoice, you'll know what you did, and when you did it. If you're looking for time savers, FreshBooks has what you need. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash lead and enter women taking the lead in the how did you hear about us section. Now, let's get back to the interview. And Megan, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? Um, right now we're working on a lot of things. The start of the year has been really crazy for us that the first few months have just been, uh, kind of nonstop. Um, and you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of work that's coming out right now that I'm really excited about that's got yet to be released. Um, so we're sitting on a lot of stuff that I'm very proud of and very excited on. Um, we're also moving into doing some episodic branded content work for some networks that I'm really excited about that think that that's kind of a, a new initiative for us uh, moving towards the future. And um, we're also working on really beefing up our West Coast office. Um, so there's a lot of, lot of fun uh, growth and excitement happening here. That's awesome. And for those of you who are listening, I know Megan's going to give this at the end, but take some time today to look up honorsociety.tv and watch the videos that are on there. They are amazing. They're awesome. And some of them are freaking hilarious. Um, I got a a good laugh out of the Amy Schumer videos, especially. (laughs) (laughs) They're awesome. Um, But yeah, that that will give you a good idea of... what Megan's out in the world and creating and doing. And it's just, it's so, it was, it was a lot of fun to check out your website. Thank you. And on the flip side of things, Megan, what would you say is your biggest leadership or business challenge that you're currently faced with? Um, I find I, I'm an impatient person. And so really having the patience sometimes to, I want everything now and I want everything fast and being sort of the overachiever that I am, you know, I, I want, you know, I I think every day like, Oh, we should be, we're here, but we should be here. And how, how is it going to, how, how long is it going to take us to get to where I want us to be? And so that, you know, when you're growing and you're building something to want to be further down the road is, is really difficult for me sometimes. And there are days where I feel like, oh, I, I did all of this, but I didn't accomplish what I wanted to. I don't know that this is a day that pushed me a little bit further down the road the way that I want. Um, you know, and just being, it, it's hard because I know that I don't want to grow too fast and I'm trying to be very thoughtful in the way that we grow and, and, and stay mindful of who we are and this culture that we've created and, you know, making sure that 
every time we do get bigger or, or move towards something bigger, that we're moving in the right way. And that's actually been really difficult as well, too, to sort of hold on to that when you've got, you know, five productions going on all over the world and you can only be at one and making sure that everybody's having the kind of experience that we want our clients to have or that our directors to have. And, you know, just trying to be everywhere and everything and maintain that culture and maintain that vibe um, is also pretty difficult for me. Um, and, and right now. Yeah. A lot of moving parts. And that, yeah. that's what, what I was referring to when I said, sometimes it like, I, I love going to movies. I love seeing, you know, documentaries, but there's some point during the movie or watching a documentary where my mind goes, how much work did they have to do to make this happen? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, it just gets like, Oh my God, the logistics involved are crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and on that note too, I mean, because there's so much going on all the time and, and I'm so, I find myself, you know, so invested in it that like trying to remember to not get burnt out on doing it and trying to learn to take a step back on, you know, that I have other things that I also have to, you know, pay attention to, I have to, you know, take care of my daughters and take care of my marriage and take care of, you know, my life and make sure that I don't get sick and, and try to sort of be a healthy person so that I can also give my hundred percent here every day as well too. And, and trying to find that balance, um, and, and when you're flying all over the place and, you know, my, your mind's in a million things and you're getting phone calls at 11 o'clock at night with people in a panic. And um, so, yeah, finding a balance is also up there. Mm-hmm. That that balance of being a go getter and living in gratitude all at the same time. It's, it's a practice, <laughs> I think. <laughs> now, Megan, I'm going to go into a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? One of the things that I've really kind of learned in the past year is to learn to trust my gut and to learn to trust myself a little bit more. Um, I think that there's always been a little bit of taboo uh, about like, oh, well, my gut says we shouldn't do this. But I also have realized that, oh, I've got, you know, 20 years of experience of doing this now. And when I get a bad feeling about something I need to learn to say, guys, you know what, this is one we should pass on. This is a project we shouldn't take on, or this is, we should not be doing it this way. Um, and really listening to that. And I think it's hard when you work with people and they're, they're looking to you like I have a sales team say, Oh, I've got this great opportunity and it's really great moment for this director and it'll be in it, you know, and they're selling you on the idea and to have to kind of go, yeah, I, this is, this one's not for us. And, you know, as a new company, you want to jump in and take every opportunity you can. But I have learned when I've let myself get, talk myself out of those things by other people. Um, and we've moved forward with it, that it's been that mistake. And I've deeply regretted saying, you know, I, 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 I knew we shouldn't have done this and I was irresponsible and let us move forward with it. And, and having to look people in the eye now and say, Hey, remember those three things that we did that I knew we shouldn't do. This is one of those. And you just have to, you have to listen to me that this is not something we should be doing right now. Um, and having to deal with sort of that disappointment. But I think that knowing that and trusting myself and really, really trusting that now that when I, when I get that feeling or there's something about it that I can't, you know, make sense of in my head that it's, it's something that I need to listen to and that I need to get everybody else to understand and not have it sound like, you know, voodoo, like, but my gut is saying, no, don't do it, you know? Um, and, and, and it's been a little bit of a process to get people to understand and respect that. But I think that everybody really does now. 
Yeah. And, you know, I was going to hold back, but I just feel the need to interject. So anyone who's listening can also, you know, understand how important this is, is because the parts of our brain that are actually, you know, creating that experience of intuition, because it's normally it comes from ex- like exactly what you said. It comes from like experience, you know, and also our brain is picking up more information than we are getting at the conscious level and the parts of our brain that are picking up that information where is what we call intuition. And it it's the part of the brain that doesn't process language. And so it has to send us this information or the signals um, via visceral experience. That's why we call it a gut reaction or my heart is telling me this because we actually feel something and those parts of our bodies, or we, we might hear a sound or something that, you know, is it like a song yeah. that tells us like, Oh, the song I, I always sing this song in my head when there's something I should be paying attention to. And it's hard to explain to the people around us, like my intuition is telling me this, but you have to trust it because it's the part of your brain that can't speak to you in language, can't give you the words of what you picked up on or what the red flags were that your intuition picked up on. So yes, as we get older, it gets a lot easier to pay attention to it and live by it because we have enough experiences that told us like, oh, I should have, I should have listened to it. I knew better, that sort of thing. But I love that. And, and practicing paying attention to your intuition and, and seeing where it goes is, is huge as well. And having the trust in yourself, that's been a big thing of like, oh, I actually trust myself. And I don't know that 10 years ago, my younger self would have trusted myself as much as I do now. And that feels very empowering sometimes. Yes, absolutely. And Megan, what advice would you give your younger self? I mean, definitely to learn to trust yourself or at least embrace trusting yourself a little bit more. Um, I think that that's, you know, I would have, I think I could have done so much more if I, and made less mistakes. Um, you know, well, of course you learn from those mistakes, but I, I think if sometimes if I had just had the confidence to listen to who I was and what I wanted that, um, I, I could have been even more successful. Now share with us a success quote or mantra and why it has meaning for you. Um, I think I would probably go back to my better to ask forgiveness than permission. Um, cause I still sort of operate in that way. I think again, if there's a rule that I just don't like, or, you know, I like to think about doing things in different ways. And that just because things have traditionally been done a certain way, doesn't mean that we can't create some, a new, a new groundwork and new framework to do something in. Um, and one that I kind of find myself repeating in my head lately is nevertheless, she persisted. Um, I think that sometimes you just have to have your point of view and, and sort of your vision for what you're doing and kind of just, keep doing it and keep pushing for it. Um, you know, despite all the obstacles that one might encounter, you know, hour to hour as a business owner, never mind week to week and year to year that, you know, you, this is what I want. This is what I'm doing. And I just have to keep persisting at it. And, uh, you know, I found that, that quote in that moment, very inspiring as a woman. And lastly, Megan, what is the best way for this community to connect with um, you? They can email me at Megan at HonorSociety.tv. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook, uh, the Honor Society website, which you were so kind to reference earlier. Uh, we also have a Facebook page for Honor Society. Uh, we have a blog on our site. Um, so, yeah, lots of lots of places. Please reach out. I'd love to hear. Awesome. And for those of you who don't remember earlier, it was HonorSociety.tv. 
that's where you'll find her website. Um, and for and also for those of you listening, you know you can find all the links and resources that Megan shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Megan is spelled M-E-G-A-N. So if you put her name in the search bar, her show notes page will pop right up. And Megan, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We're all better for having met you. Thank you, Jody. Are you like me in that you're always looking to grow? but do best when you're in a structured program with accountability. We can have a goal of leading more effectively, but what does that actually look like? Seth Godin's Alt MBA workshop is an intensive leadership and management workshop that gives you the structure and accountability to make it happen. By working on 13 projects during the month, you're constantly pushing ahead and creating a body of work as proof. It's not about passively learning. It's about actively putting those concepts into practice until they become habit. The idea is to drink from the fire hose and rewire your brain to make new, better habits and have the platform to practice those habits. They're now accepting applications for their upcoming sessions. And to find out more, visit altmba.com forward slash women taking the lead. And for special consideration, you can mention this podcast in their application and tell them Jody Flynn sent you. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.